At the Greater Minden Chamber, we help businesses. It's our passion. Each month, the BizBits podcast will bring information that will help local businesses not just survive, but thrive. We aim to bring you experts who know what it means to do business in our community. Now on to this month's show. All right. Well, welcome to the BizBits podcast. I am David Speck, the 2020 chair of the Greater Minden Chamber, and I'm here with my co-host, Jana Morgan, president and CEO of the Greater Minden Chamber. How's it going, Jana? Hello. Good afternoon. So uh, one of the parts of the BizBits podcast is to give information that helps people in the Greater Minden area, business owners in the Greater Minden area, do what they do better. And I would say that our guest today, Jenna, is right up that alley in this post, you can't say post-COVID world because we're right in the middle of it, but in this in COVID world where, where work as we know, to, know it has changed immensely, we, we, need, we as business owners need to know how to navigate that and, and, and how to identify good employees and, and what, what they look like and how to meet their needs so that they stay good employees. And so... Jenna, I'm going to let you introduce our guest today, and I'm super excited about what we're going to talk about. Okay, thank you, David. And good afternoon, Candice Vaughn Thomas, and she is a recruiter with McGee Resources. Um, David hit some notes on what Candice is going to talk about, but I'm going to turn the uh, podcast over to Candice and kind of give some um, update outlook. And I'm sorry, B52s are flying over my head, but freedom, right? Right. Um, so Candace, just give us an outlook of, of what you're dealing with on a daily basis on the, the, um, actual business owners that you're dealing with and, or the employees matching that you're dealing with and, and what you're seeing in the career world on how things are changing drastically since March the 15th started. I'll turn it over to you, Candace. Well, thank you both so much for allowing me to come on to speak about what I enjoy doing on a daily basis. One of the privileges that I have is to be able to speak with both the employer and the employees. So from the employee aspect of things, we have a lot of people who are at home because of their life situations. They have kids at home who are currently attending virtual school. So they're unable to be inside of a building all day because of the age of their children, or they have elderly parents or grandparents that they're taking care of, or they may have some COVID-related situations or underlying issues in which they're trying to protect their family from. Then on the uh, employer side, we have the struggle of the hiring manager seeking people who will show up to work, people who can be present, people that actually want to work during this time. And we have some employers that are willing to be flexible, but unfortunately we have some that cannot be flexible. They actually need bodies present in their facilities or their institutions or their stores. So one of the things that they're struggling with right now is finding those candidates who are searching for employment opportunities And it's not really about the hours, the work hours is more concerning about someone that can work full time or some employers are willing to do some part time positions, but a lot of people um, are not working, like I said, for various reasons. And then, you know, we have the struggle of fighting against the stimulus payment that a lot of people were paying, um, getting from the government. 
So employers, some employers were able to beat that and then some employers just could not afford to pay or match what uh, most employees or most people were receiving in the stimulus pay. And we know as of late August that it's gone down from the extra 600 to $300, which still supersedes what most people in our area was making hourly. And we're not just talking about those who are working entry-level positions. There were some positions that uh, required degrees and they were still making more money through stimulus pay than they would um, if they actually went and worked for somebody. So we're fighting flexibility. We're fighting you know, financial uh, concerns. We're fighting um, the freedom to do come and go as they please, you know, which lines up with flexibility as well. And we're just fighting a lot of battles on the employer end as well as the employee end. One of the major concerns in our area is that we have so many positions available, so many job opportunities available, but people who are wanting to work want to know, is it going to be a safe place? You know, I have children at home with underlying issues. I have a parent that's at home with underlying issues. With me going to work, when am I bringing back home to my family? What safety precautions are, are in place, you know, to make me feel safe when I go to work? One of the things um, that we're practicing is social distancing, of course, and we take temperatures three times a day. We also um, have spaced out. No one's next to someone in a, a cubicle. We have the uh, cubicles uh, four in a uh, in a pack, and so there's instead of four being at one cubicle station workstation, we actually have two, and that's something that I've been encouraging employers to do too. Space out your employees if at all possible. You know uh, the temperature taking is great, um, but you could be asymptomatic. So if you are asymptomatic, you're still taking safety precautions because that person is not. We stop potlucks. We stop any type of community um, feeding and where people can drink from the same pitchers or coffee pots and uh, the same dishes. Everyone is responsible for bringing their own coffee cup to work instead of you know, drinking from the community cabinet or eating from the community uh, snack bar. So those are some things that we've personally put in place that employers really, really have to take out the time to think about and do. Also, think about the flexibility of those who have children in school, not just virtual school, but those who are doing hybrid or maybe they're in full time to pick up the bus situation, the transportation, you know, there, I'm not sure of the percentage, but there's only a certain percentage of students that are allowed to ride the bus. So there are a lot of parents who have to take their children to school and pick them up. We need employers to be just a little bit more flexible when it comes to um, the, the employees leaving work to go take care of their kids or allow them to work remotely, maybe on their kids' hybrid days. And then another thing is that communication. Communicate with your employees to let them know that this is okay. Don't think that, you know, some, some employers I have talked to, they're like, okay, if they don't bring it to me, we're going to do things as normal. Well, maybe don't, they don't know that there's an option. Let them know. Let your employees know or your, potentials hi, your potential hires know what options are available. If there's flexibility, if there's an opportunity for them to work remotely, inform them. 
You know, um, I'll give you another prime example that there's some uh, internet connection issues in certain areas in uh, specifically in rural areas. And one of the things, a lot of people could work from home, but they don't have that internet connection. So employers are confused on how to resolve this issue, you know, but they're not there if they would, you know, maybe pay an extra, you know, um, phone bill or allow them to use their hotspots through their phone or offer some type of incentive, that would be great as well, but not to totally terminate someone because they lack internet service or they're not able to work from home. Um, be open to ideas. You know, am I rambling too much? Because I know I talk about this on and on. <laughs> no, you're good. I was just going to um, interrupt for just a second and, and go off of an article that, that I was read that was actually put out by the Shreveport Chamber. So um, you were talking about, you know, speak to your employees, keep them updated. Let, you let, let your, not only employees, but you let the employee know what the employer, or let the employer know what the employee has going on. Right. Statistics are showing, um, Candace and David, that roughly 66% of our employees today are working remark remotely, at least part-time um, since COVID. And, and I'll give you a prime example. Um, the therapy center at Menden Medical Center, um, I was speaking to their marketing director today, and um, they are still not able to go into some uh, some offices, business offices, to, to get those referrals. But what she did inform me of was that, you know, she can do 90% of her job from the house. She doesn't yes. have to come, um, you know, in the businesses and they are busier than they have ever been since they opened the doors of the therapy center and have not seen a, um, a, a decrease in business at all. And um, so that's just a prime example, you know, of um, COVID has shut us down in some parts, but some parts it's, it's kind of made it easy for us to do business. Absolutely. And then, you know, um, I was speaking to one of my colleagues and I said, you know, some of this is not new. It's new to our area, but most of this is not new. I remember living in Houston and working remotely was an option. You know, I remember um, working in Houston, Texas, and most of the stuff that we're doing now was normal for us back then. I think a lot of people are just catching up to uh, technology. Some people had never heard of Zoom, you know, Teams, you know, all of this is new. Most people are traditional in the sense of face-to-face, -face, over the phone, but, you know, I'll say the new millennial generation, they're more of the technology people who can send a text, send an email. We're more personable um, in a business sense that we actually want to touch feel here, the person that we're talking to or conducting business with when per se in the new age in today's society, not many people are doing face to face. They're doing more of zoom meetings and, uh, teams and text messaging and things of that nature. So I think the pandemic has just pushed our area into more of a modern way of communicating quicker than what we were ready or prepared for. Right. And and correct me if I'm wrong, um, Candace, but are you kind of giving your employers that you deal with on a daily basis that you're looking for that, that you're searching for that employee? Like, 
you mentioned Zoom. We've been using WebEx. We've been doing a lot of um, Zoom calls with our board because we haven't come back full circle yet. The I will I will tell you that I have found that things are a little bit more relaxed. Yes. You know, um, expect those interruptions. If you're going to have a, a, a client meeting, an employee meeting, or whatever, um, get business done, but in the same aspect, you're gonna have to, you know, you, you may get a dog barking in the background or in my situation, a P-52 flying over my head. Um, I have two children running around, you know, sometimes the mute button doesn't get pushed. Um, <laughs> you know, so those are things that I have, I have found that you can still get your business done. You can still, um, be that personable and, and have that relationship and have that connection and, and your employees can still get their job done. It, and, and the amount of time that we're, we're allowing. But you know what? It, it allows them to see the authentic you. And it's a conversation starter. It is something that basically builds the relate. It's the start to a new relationship between you and the employer, you and that employee. And even with um, Zoom calls that I'm on, you know, the first five minutes of the Zoom is something personal. Like, oh, I like that clock in the back. Or, uh, I like that action figure that I saw in your office or something like that. And it gets a, a conversation started, making the person feel comfortable to move forward with what they in, initially called you for. And one of the things that I try to let employers know is not to be so uptight. Everybody's nervous. This is like almost being on, uh, on TV. You know, I don't know if y'all remember your first time that you were on TV. I don't know if you had like butterflies in your stomach or if you were a little nervous. But when you do face to face, um, it's a little nervous, but it's not as nerve wracking as being on Zoom because you don't know who's listening in. You got all these faces looking at you and, you know, um, you don't know, like you said, you don't know if a B-52 is going to fly above your head or your kid's going to come in and say, mom, can I have a pop tart? You know, but I think that also the employees need to understand too, is that you have a very short time to give the employer or to convince the employer that you're the right person for the job. So you need to prepare as you would, as if you were going on an interview. Right. right. Let me add a little something to, to, to the remote working um, discussion, because I think this is something that people like me deal with, and that is, the entire time I was a young man in business, and I worked in the family business, so it kind of, it was probably more hammered into me than most. But the perception of if you're not there, you're not working, right? It, you know, with an employer. But even on the flip side, I always feel a little sense of guilt when I'm at the house, even though I'm working, that I'm not at the office. And there's a psychological thing about that 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 we, you know we as Gen X and older, if you will. Uh -huh. I think we have a harder time embracing remote as the way than than our, than our younger you know um, colleagues. And so, for someone like me, and, I, and I'm I'm trying to picture myself in a Minden business or a or a, or a rural business that may have grown up this way. You know, how how do we make that shift? How do we we put it in our mind? You know what? That employee can be even more productive from the house than being shackled to a, to a desk in a cubicle somewhere, you know, you know, that, 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 like you said, 
this is the way things were going anyway. We just accelerated it due to COVID. What, what, what can you say to that, Coach Candace? So one of the things is that you're going to have to make time for communication. Don't be so busy to where your employees can't communicate with you and you can't communicate with them. So I would strongly suggest a few, you know, morning meetings, virtual morning meetings. How are things going? What's been going on? Um, you know, what conversations have you had? One of the things that we do at McGee, we have a power-up meeting every morning, Monday through Friday at 8.15, same time. We open up with something positive and then um, our uh, managing partner, Christian, goes through everybody one by one. Tell us what you have going on, what's been going on. And if every day you say, oh, I have nothing going on, it's been the same, no conversations, then he's going to call you privately and say, hey, um, I noticed the past four days you said you haven't had any conversations and it's been all voicemails and things of that age. What's going on? What, what can we do to help you? You know, or he'll ask, well, let me see your, your, your marketing call list or let me see the people that you've been talking to, you know, to see what's going on. I don't think that there's anything wrong. It's not micromanagement. It's being in tune to the people that you work with and to see how productive they're being and how you can assist them in their production time. So um, also we have what this thing, um, we have teams. We chat all day. If that person is not chatting or being included in conversations, um, there's something wrong. If they're not replying back in a timely manner or, um, you know, responding to a specific thing that you have a question about, I think there should be a concern. But if the door open of the, the oh, I'm sorry, if the door of communication is open on both ends, I think that will give you a sense of security that this person is not at home twiddling their thumbs and wasting your payroll. Absolutely, absolutely. I um. I have found that in my in my situation, in our experience, we were closed for those six weeks. I felt like I worked harder sitting at my kitchen table than I would in the office. Yes. And it's because I've, I've, I've realized or we realized that, you know, it's you when you come home from the office, you do tend to shut it down sometimes, um, you know, in my position. No, I don't at all. I'm still, you know, midnight going, what am I supposed to do? Did I leave somebody out? Did I forget something? But, and also you have that interruption at the office that you wouldn't normally have if you're at home, making sure that your stuff's getting done for those four hours a day that you've allotted yourself that amount of time to do the work that you need to really do. So Candace, on your, on your average finding, and this is not COVID, this is pre-COVID or whatever, what, do, what would you say what are the statistics, I guess, on an average person getting work done, literally, like how much work do you think they get done on a daily basis while they're at the, at the office for eight hours a day? They're not working for eight hours a day. No. So we actually did a study a while back and you have the, distra uh, the distractions of your coworkers, food, um, uh, guests, uh, listening in on other people's conversations. Um, uh, entertaining other conversations that really don't involve you, but you know, as my grandmother would say, you want to be nosy. You want to know what's going on in somebody else's world. Also, um, you know, the distractions of what am I going to eat for lunch? Where am I going to go? And then when you get back, 
you're in another area. What some people don't realize is that you get more work done at home is because you're in your comfort zone. Mm -hmm. You're in your comfort area. You can be more the authentic you in your own comfort zone than you do when you're around people. When you're around people, you are feeling as if you're judged, that they're, um, that they're micromanaging you, that they're hovering over you, or you feel as if, you know, um, what's the word I'm looking for? You feel as if that you don't have the freedom to do what you need to do or get the work done. And I can tell you from experience, I work longer and harder at home than I did at the office because of the many distractions that we did have and because of me listening or being nosy to other people's conversations or wanting to celebrate other people's success and things of that nature. But I think it's a time and place for everything. Now, that's me, that's you. There are some people who had to go into an office and sit behind the desk because they're not disciplined enough to work at home and not be monitored. So those people, I think it's important just to know who you are and it's important for the employers to know who they hired. If you know that you have an undisciplined um, employee, you know that it's best for them to come to work. If you know that they have too many distractions at home and they won't get the work done and you've seen them be unproductive for six weeks, Yes, it's time to invite them back in the office. But if you have someone who is producing and you see the numbers growing and you see someone who's really been dedicated and devoted, then I think they should have the flexibility to choose if they want to be in the office or at home. Let me, let me add a little thing to, to, to what, what you're saying here, because I think you kind of segue back into what we originally talked about, and that is as people are coming back, whether whether the stimulus runs out and they're they're coming back to work, or if they're they're they've been working at home during during the shutdown and they're coming back into the office, you know we have this dichotomy here where we have a polarized uh, community. You've uh -huh. got the you've got the everybody's going to get COVID and the nobody's going to get COVID. Right. And and as employers, regardless of where you 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 fall on that on that scale. You have to provide a safe place for your people to work, exactly. and you have, and you have to recognize that the fear that they feel is real fear that you have to address. Just as if, if they were worried about their safety from a, you know, a domestic dispute coming into the office, and you're expected Absolutely. to keep. Absolutely. So, so I, I believe, and 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 I'd like you to speak to it just a little bit of the importance of taking the health and safety concerns, whether you believe them or not, the health and safety concerns of your employees so that they can be the most productive and be the best team members. Yes. So one of the things that I encourage the um, employers to do is to evaluate their employees. There are some employees that you need to give that extra um, security blanket to, to make them feel comfortable, meaning that, that asking them, are you okay? Is there anything that makes you feel uncomfortable? Um, or those employees who think that, you know, um, that there is no COVID, that it's a hoax so or whatever the case may be. When you cough, please get up, go sanitize your arm or go, you know, sanitize your hands. Or if you can, go to the restroom or do whatever safety precautions that is necessary. Let us retake your temperature. Say, excuse me 
pardon me, things of that nature. It needs to be discussed openly and across the board that there are some people here that really, really want to feel safe when they come to work. And those of you that don't care or, you know, take this very lightly, let's be respectful to one another, you know, because you just never, ever know. I'm going to give you an incident that happened in Texas. There was um, a gentleman that thought that COVID was just a hoax and that it wasn't for real. And so he would eat off his coworkers' plate and, you know, um, you know, pay, play little pranks and stuff and hug and, you know, just do little things. Well, he actually um, got COVID, but he was asymptomatic. And after being asymptomatic, he passed it along to someone else. They didn't die, but they were sick. And so ever since then, he's been pushing this COVID um, social distancing thing, mask and all this other stuff. And I brought up the story to say, don't let an incident happen in order for you to change your mind about what's really going on. And you want to make people feel safe across the board, across the board. And you want to do that regardless. I think, I think COVID has made employers see how sanitized or what sanitation policies they really had in place and they didn't realize it you know um how important it is to wash your hands regardless if you're just getting coffee or not or to clean your desk area to maintain a clean office so i think it wasn't just you know about you know someone being affected with covid i think it really opened up the eyes of the employers to see how their sanitation practices are and then you know we have flu season that's coming up flu just as bad you know you want to take the same safety precautions same safety measures because you don't want anybody to catch a common cold you don't want anybody to get the flu mm -hmm. i think that if we keep these practices in place to a certain level i think we should be okay but it has to be a team effort it can't be just the ones that believe that COVID is real versus the ones that are not i think that um it should be in writing i think just as you do your handbook um, how you get everyone to sign after you go over policies. I think it should be discussed. I think that, you know, um, that, you know, if anybody has any questions, if they can discuss it openly, if they cannot, you know, have an open door policy where they can discuss it privately. But I think it is very, very important that, you know, you have some type of flexibility. And if you do have employees with underlying issues or who have a major concern, I really think that you should work with them and allow them the remote opportunity or maybe at, uh, offer them to come in less days a week or maybe sit in a private area. Okay. One last question, and I think we can wrap it up with this one. I, I hope as a, um, as a business owner who may have been, uh, let's say, shorthanded through this time because people weren't working, uh -huh. um, we, we, we suspect, although I, I can't verify that it's happened yet, but we suspect that there's going to be a flood of people that are actively looking for employment. Absolutely. And, and so, but here's the, here's the issue, at least in Northwest Louisiana, the pay has not increased. The whole reason why they weren't working was that they could make more money at the house than, than in a job, which to me, if I was to be wise about it, would tell me that that, that new potential hire may come in with either preconceived notions, expectations, or attitude based on the fact that now they're having to work hard for less than that they were making, you know, on stimulus. 
So can you give some advice to that business owner who may be looking for somebody to, to help shore things up, that, to help them navigate this, this new job market? So one of the things that I've been encouraging current, um, my current employers is to offer perks. If you can't match the dollar um, in salary, offer perks. Let them know about the flexibility in schedules. Um, let them know about remote opportunities, um, health benefits, telehealth. What are you covering as far as costs regarding their benefits? Have you extended PTO? Um, let them know about the perks of the job. Is it an eight to five? Is it a hour long lunch versus a 30 minute lunch? Is there's a flexibility in when I can take my lunch? Those are some things that you need to sit down with their HR department. If you don't have an HR department, whoever your hiring managers are, those are some things that you may want to discuss with them to see specifically what can we do that will not cost us an arm and a leg to gain or to retain our employees. And, you know, uh, one of the companies that I know, they offered to have, instead of them going out to get uh, food and, you know, uh, going in and out of restaurants, they brought food trucks to their property. And so that was a, that was a perk. Another one was they shortened lunch from an hour to 30 minutes and allowed them to get off early instead of extending their time. Um, Another company allows their employees to come in at 8.30 instead of 8 o'clock so they can get their children to school on time without being docked um, any hour pay. Another thing was the extended PTO, vacation time. Um, they brought somebody on, a therapist, you know, talking about mental health and things of that nature. They showed that they cared about the individual. I think culture is very important. I think flexibility is very important. And just a safe and healthy environment is what most people are looking for. Money is very important, but I really believe, um, specifically talking to those who've had unemployment for so long, if they had all of those other perks and had a very competitive pay or salary, I think that employers would not have such um, such an issue with that. Because if they go and work and get that $15 an hour, that $16 an hour somewhere else, they're going to have to work 40 hours a week. They're going to have to work the specific hours that are given with no flexibility, and that's going to get old after a while. And then after they're terminated because they've missed so many days or missed so many hours, then they're going to be stuck right there in that bind again. What they need is an employer that actually cares about them, will offer that flexibility, and also show concern about their well-being, not just their well-being, but them and their families. I love that answer. Thank you so much, Candace. I appreciate that. We all need to, and it gets back to what you said at the beginning we're just merely accelerating what we already should have been doing all along. Yes. As, as employers, as employees, as businesses, you know, the things that we're talking about that we have talked about today are exactly what we should have been doing all along. Now we have to be doing it if we want to survive as, as we all move forward, regardless of the size of our business. Absolutely. So, Jana, do you have anything that you want to add? You're muted, dear. All right. <laughs> My little one came home from school. Um, I, 
that was it's amazing at the information that we're getting from the same information that we're getting from multiple people these days on the way things are moving to a different avenue. I'll just speak, Lisa, David, you just did a biz article on Lisa Johnson with the Bossier Chamber on, um, regardless if you like the word pivot or not, it's here. Um, you know, we're gonna, we're pivoting and you better be ready to, to do it too. And so on the way things are, are turning. Um, thank you again, Candace, for uh, the opportunity to give us some enlightenment on uh, the work world, the career world, and um, helpful, hopefully that this will help some employees in the Minden and Webster area, I mean employees, excuse me, in the Minden and Webster area to be able to um, kind of um, look at their employees a little different, the ones that they're hiring and their current ones. Yes, yes. And to let you guys know, you know, I know there's so much that we can get into this podcast, but if they have any questions or need additional ideas, we're talking to employers and I'm not coming up with all of these ideas. Usually it's just through conversation with other employers of what they're doing to retain and to recruit um, great employees, qualified employees. So um, if we need to have this conversation, you know, over the phone or through another Zoom, I'm always open for that. But know that you're not the only employer struggling in the area. It's happening all across the world. And I'm talking to people in New York and California and New Orleans who are still experiencing some of the same issues that we are in northern Louisiana. Well, we'll be sure to have your contact information in the uh, show notes from this episode. And um, if there's an immediate need, how, how, what's a great way for people to get in contact with you, Candace? Oh, absolutely. They can contact me directly at 318-683-1118, or they can email me at kvon at mcgeeresource.com. Awesome. Awesome. Well, I think I can... Uh, Bring the ship on in for a landing. I think that just used a Navy and an, an Air Force uh, record <laughs> at the same time. But uh, thank you to our guest, Candace, for, for all the insightful information today. And thank you to the listener for taking time out of your schedule to listen to this episode of the BizFit podcast. Remember, we are monthly here for the Greater Minden Chamber. Continue to receive our newsletter. Reach out to us at uh, greatermindenchamber.com. And we look forward to talking to you next time. Thank you for listening to the Greater Minden Chamber's BizBits podcast. For more information, visit us at greatermindenchamber.com. And don't forget to follow us on Facebook too. See you next month.